You're listening to the Ministry 127 podcast, a complimentary resource for today's spiritual leader. The purpose of Ministry 127 is to aid Christians in developing a biblical philosophy of ministry. Ministry 127 is a growing online library aimed at assisting ministry workers with Bible-based resources and is a ministry of Pastor Paul Chapel, the Lancaster Baptist Church, and West Coast Baptist College. For more information, visit ministry127.com and subscribe to the Ministry 127 podcast for more practical lessons for today's Christian worker. This Ministry 127 podcast is entitled Lessons I Have Learned Over 50 Years of Ministry with Mrs. Virginia Sisk. Mrs. Sisk served alongside her husband, Dr. Don Sisk, in missionary work in Japan and with the team at Baptist International Missions Incorporated before joining the staff of West Coast Baptist College, where they are still actively involved in encouraging and training missionaries worldwide. My husband uh, made his call to the ministry in November of 1954. That was on a Thanksgiving day at a church in Black Oak, Indiana. That's where we, we had moved when we uh, got married. We had gotten married in 1952 in Kentucky, right after we uh, finished high school. And we had gone to Indiana for him to work. That's where his parents lived, and so uh, that's where we went. So uh, we were, went to the Black Oak Baptist Church. That's where we joined uh, right after we got there. And uh, two years in, after going to that church, my husband uh, felt God calling him to the ministry. So... That was in 1954. So immediately, he began preaching. The pastor said, well, Don, since God's called you to preach, uh, I'll give you some uh, places to go to preach. And, of course, we weren't ready for that, you know. You surrender to preach, and about three weeks later, they're sending you someplace to to preach. And uh, I was literally scared to death. You know, I'm, I'm very young, and he is too. And uh, so we needed to go to school and learn to do a few things, learn a little more about the Bible and, and what uh, uh, we could do in the ministry. But anyway, uh, and then several weeks after uh, Don surrendered, I went forward uh, and committed my life to the Lord to do all that I could to help my husband be all that God desired for him to be. Thus, we have been in the ministry now over, well, it would be 57 years this November. And I'm telling you that uh, 57 years doesn't seem that long. And I still feel like I need to go back to school. I still need to be learning. I still need to be uh, having other people uh, show me things and teach me things about the ministry. So I don't think we ever get too old to learn and to be uh, taught something from the Word of God and something that uh, the ministry, something that we can do in the ministry. I want to talk to you this afternoon about some things I learned and how I learned to minister to my husband and to my children and in the ministry that God has given us for uh, these many years. Now, our ministry, like I say, has been about 57 years but our ministry has been kind of broken up in second segments, or decades, I better say, because uh, our first about 10 years uh, in the ministry, 
uh, my husband was a pastor in some churches in Kentucky. And then uh, uh, during that pastorate, the last year of that pastorate in one of the churches, well, at first, I'll go back. He pastored two churches at the same time. Uh, when we went back to Kentucky to go to Bible college, uh, we had not even enrolled in Bible college till two churches that were rural country churches came to my husband and asked him to come and preach at their church. So um, he agreed to do that. And one church had preaching on the first Sunday and the third Sunday, and the second church had preaching on the second and fourth Sundays. They had Sunday school every Sunday, but they only had preaching uh, twice a month. So both of the churches called him as a pastor. Now, he's 22 years old, and I'm 20. And we're going to these churches now. He's going to be their pastor. And it was very frightening. And uh, But, uh, you know, when you're young and you're teachable, uh, God can uh, lead you and help you in that. And in these churches, we found people that were older than us, uh, middle-aged people and, and older, there was very few young couples our age in the church, but uh, these older people were very helpful to us. And, of course, we were in Bible college, too, trying to uh, get uh, education and, and Bible training. So those first eight years was uh, really we were involved in church ministry, uh, pastoring a church. And then uh, from 30 to about 50, we went to the mission field, and our ministry was missions. And actually, up until 19 and 50, uh, 2002, we were in missions. That's when my husband resigned, uh, resigned at BIMI, and he was going to retire. And um, so he hasn't retired yet, but... Uh, that was what he intended to do, or that's what he had told me, he, we're going to retire. I looked up in the dictionary one day what retired was, and it didn't say that you traveled every week, and you were in a different church every week. And uh, so uh, I found out that retirement was not what the dictionary said it was, according to my husband. So, and so also, and then another part of our lives was from 2002 to now. Uh, we have been involved in not only missions, still traveling for uh, missionary conference and things, but also we've been uh, teaching here at West Coast Baptist College. Uh, we don't teach the full year. We only teach from January till May. And uh, when Pastor Chapel asked my husband would he be willing to do that, he said yes, uh, one semester. And the other semester, the fall semester, is when he does a lot of missions conferences. And so that's what we do in the fall. And, of course, during the spring he does some Sundays and some weekends. But anyways, that is kind of how our ministry has uh, gone over the years, these last 50-something years. But things that I 
God taught, has taught me concerning my ministry to my husband. And some of these, you, you, you as pastor's wife, you already do those. I'm sure you do. But I just wanted to say that these are some things that I have done and, and God has taught me. Now, I'm, I don't have blanks that you can fill out, but uh, there, there is a page in the, the workbook that you can, if you want to take notes. And, uh, okay. Uh, in Genesis 2.18, and, and the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. The helpmeet word means completer. One to complete him. So, uh, in the things that I will tell you are some things that I feel like that uh, I'm doing to help my husband in the ministry. To help him is to be a co-laborer with him. To realize that whatever he, God, has led my husband to do, that I am, I want to do. I want to be there to help him in that situation, whatever it might be. I'm going to, I want to be his co-labor. That doesn't mean I preach, but that means I'm, I go along with him when he preaches and to be there. Um, number two, I praise him. I try to uh, praise him and say, oh, that was a good message. I enjoyed that. I say, and um, so you can praise your husband. Sometimes maybe it's not a good God, not a good message, but still you need to say, well, that was helpful. (laughs) (laughs) And nowadays I can say, I think I heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) And and number three, to encourage him. You know, uh, our husbands get a lot of... uh, Things said to them, said about them, and uh, so maybe your husband tells you some of those things that get said to him, and sometimes they don't, but we can always be an encourager to them and say, uh, like I say, tell them it's a good message, and uh, you need to do preach that again, and you know, that helped me in this situation and everything, okay. To be faithful in my love to him and, in, and to our marriage. Here you can be his lover, his sweetheart, be his cheerleader, and all those things that will uh, help him know that you love him and that you are happy in your marriage. Then number five, pray for his success and for power from God for him. Um, Pray that God will use his messages. Pray that God will use his um, leadership um, to, um, and that he'll have God's power on his ministry and on uh, the work he's doing. Then number six, be a part of whatever he's doing. Um, you know, sometimes uh, you can be uh, a helpmate to him by going... Uh, out on visitation with him, uh, passing out tracts, uh, visiting the hospital, visiting all kinds of uh, places of ministry. So whatever he's doing, if if he desires for you to help be a part of it, then you should try to do that. 
also be a part of his um, ministry and his leisure, um, family time. Uh, um, you know, that all work and no play makes Don a dull boy. <laughs> so uh, he likes uh, basketball and he likes sports. And so even though I don't really care for those type of things, I'd rather watch Home and Garden TV if I'm going to watch TV or something like that. But he likes watching sports, so occasionally I will sit down and watch a, a basketball game or some kind of sport with him. Um, he loves golfing. I've never enjoyed that type of work, type of sport. So <laughs> it looks like work to me. So I don't even. And uh, so, but I let him do that on his own, and I can do what I want on my own then. But uh, be a part of. Uh, what he's doing and then uh, number two things God has taught me concerning my ministry to my children or to our children um, in Proverbs 22 6 it says train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he will not depart from it so children in the home is a blessing. Children are heritage from the Lord. We know that. Uh, but when children come into the home, then it's our responsibility and our obligation and our opportunity to train those children for the Lord and for the Lord's ministry when they get older. And we have two children, uh, a daughter and a son, um, which... Uh, are in full-time ministry. We have six grandchildren, and we have just recently, a month ago, we have our first great-grandson. So if you want to see his picture, see me later, okay? <laughs> but anyways, uh, so children are a blessing in our home. But, you know, uh, we as wives and mothers, a uh, lot of the responsibility of training children training the children is usually done with the mother in charge. Um, so you as a mother have a great responsibility to your children. And um, so um, I know with my husband traveling a lot, uh, I felt like a lot of the responsibility of our children was uh, on me. And, uh, but I never did tell them when he wasn't there, that daddy will take care of you when he gets home. If it was, if I could, I took care of it, you know. Because when daddy comes home and he takes over, then when he leaves again, then, you know, it's you again. And they, they get where that, they know that they can play that on you. Well, you know, mama let, let it go till dad comes home. And by then, you know, it's kind of looked over and not taken care of. So, anyways. Uh, so we know that discipline our children and bringing them up in the admonition of the Lord is what we need to do. So number one, to uh, minister to your children, you need to demonstrate love for each one. Now, every child's different, so you won't be uh, maybe demonstrating the same kind of love, the same kind of affection for every child, although you don't want to show one more love or affection than you do the other. 
but all of our children are different. And since we only had two children, uh, they were very different. Our daughter uh, was very strong-willed. And you had to show her more in more than one way what you meant when you said what you did, you know. Uh, so sometimes it, uh, you had to, to uh, use a paddle or something. But now Tim was different. He was a very quiet and meek little boy. And uh, I could just raise my voice a little bit to him. And he would start crying. And uh, so to... Uh, the two of them were very different in ways that I could show my love to them. And uh, so maybe you have children that way too. So you have to know, be careful, but always be able to demonstrate love for your children. To teach them God's word and about life, teaching them by word and example. And I won't have you to turn there, but Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. We know that this is a scripture verse that tells us that we are to, how we're to raise our family and to discipline our children. And that we're, uh, God's word has, well, if we go through the Bible, there are so many wonderful verses that show us and help us uh, to uh, train our children and teach them God's word. And number three, to encourage them through praise and appreciation. Um, we can do this by saying, uh, I'm so glad that God gave you to us. You know, he could have given you to any, other, uh, any number of people, but he gave you to us. And so I'm, we can just say, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so happy that you're my child. And then, uh, then when they do something really nice and good, like do their homework and their clean up their room, you can praise them and say, I'm so thankful that you, you are helping me. You're doing this and you're um, making your room and you're making grades that are real good in school. So we can encourage them and praise them. And that is a big help to children. And especially as they get older, uh, there are a lot of things in uh, their life that you can you have to encourage them and praise them about. And then number four is to discipline them. I think I mentioned that already. We know that uh, discipline our children is a very important thing. Um, the Bible teaches us that uh, we need to discipline them. And uh, when you say, well, what does the Bible say about disciplined children? It says begin as soon as possible and be reasonable as possible, you know. And uh, there again, you and your husband will have to agree on what kind of punishment for children, for your children. And I've learned that uh, uh, being rude, harsh, and and rough on them is not the most um, tactful way to do it. But loving and showing kindness and uh, showing them that you are concerned about them and what uh, how they need to uh, behave themselves. Then number three, things I've learned about ministry. Uh, learned 
things that help my husband and then my children and then things in the ministry like the pastorate and the mission field and now. Um, I need to be faithful. Always in the service. Mrs. Lee Robertson, um, some of you may have met her or known her at Highland Park Baptist Church. Uh, she said years ago when her and Dr. Robertson got married that uh, she asked him, what do you want me to do in the church? What, what is my ministry? Well, how can I be of help to your ministry in the church? And uh, she said he told her that you just be in church every Sunday and every service and you sit down on the second row in the, in the service. And uh, that's what I want you to do. And so for years and years that uh, when we were at Highland Park some, uh, Mrs. Uh, Robertson always had her seat on the second row in the Highland Park Baptist Church. Although she was in charge, she did, she did work with the nursery department. She was ahead of the nursery department. But, uh, of course, she had other people signed to take care of the nursery, but she was always there. Uh, sitting in her place. So maybe that's what your husband would desire of you, is to be just in your place on Sunday or Wednesday or whenever. Um, now, I was not always able to be in the service because um, we had a small child at our first pastorate. So uh, my husband wanted me to stay in the nursery because he, he felt like if we didn't have our children or our son in the nursery, then nobody else would put theirs in the nursery. So uh, I was the nursery keeper for about two years at the church until uh, someone else took that job. Uh, but we found out that not a lot of people in the, that day wanted to put their children back there. They said, you know, they wanted them set in the service. Well, that was fine if they behaved, but it, it's kind of hard for your husband to preach over three or four screaming children. So uh, I felt like that I could be of help to him if I worked in the, in the nursery. And so that was one of my uh, jobs at our first pastorate. And I should be a helper in whatever way I can. And I would, like say, I would, I would sing in the choir. I would teach children. I would... Um, minister to the ladies in the church uh, or when we have activities in the church I was always there to to do what I could um, if we had uh, other ladies meetings in the church like the uh, missionary meetings and and uh, things like that I would always be there to do my part and to be uh, help in that um, in Ecclesiastes 9.10, it says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. So whenever we have a job in the, in the church, or ministry in the church, uh, let's always do it the best we can. And always be faithful and be there. If it's your job to do something, then you... You need to be there to do it. If you have other people lined up to do it, then you need to make sure that they're there to do that. 
uh, when I was a little girl, uh, I had four sisters and a brother. But my mother was always teaching us things. But this one verse, she always, uh, she quoted it to us many, many times. Uh, Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. She'd say, now, when I tell you to go do something, I want you to do it the best you can. And uh, so when uh, she would teach us how to make the bed or she taught us how to uh, help do the dishes, uh, we knew that we were supposed to do it is the best way and the, and the, the way that would please my mother. So uh, uh, I've grown up with that. Whatsoever I'm doing, I want to do it with all my might. And I want to do it because I know I'm doing it not only to, I wasn't only doing it to my mother, but I was doing it unto the Lord. So uh, that's the way it is in ministry. You're not only doing it for your husband or for your church or something, but you're doing it as unto the Lord. So uh, do the best you can. Number three, be thankful for the people to whom you, uh, you minister, uh, like your church people. You're the kids that you minister to, uh, the community that you minister to, uh, people in, in the, that don't come to your church. Uh, be thankful that you have the opportunity to minister to them. And then number four, I should attempt to encourage the ladies of the church to always be faithful, uh, to be in their places on Sunday and, and in every service that uh, they were supposed to be at church at I could encourage them to be there, be at the mission meetings and, and be at the ladies' functions at the church. And I should manifest a joyful spirit. Um, you know, if the people in your church see you always uh, sad and uh, not enjoying being a Christian, uh, most of them will take up that uh, that w- they will be that way too. Um, they will have that same attitude. So uh, always be happy. Have a joyful spirit. If I know sometimes it, it's not easy. Maybe we're not uh, not feeling well. Maybe we're our children or somebody in the family is not well, and we just don't have a joyful spirit. But try not to sh- manifest that to your people or to your church and to the ladies of your church. Always. Have a joyful, sweet spirit. Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderations be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. So whatever uh, activities that you have in the church, uh, try to have a joyful spirit about it. And uh, try to encourage your uh, people to have joyful spirits about serving the Lord. And God wants us to serve him with a joyful spirit and with a joyful heart. So uh, I think that that's the least we can do uh, is to not uh, to show ourselves uh, joyful. And be ready to counsel the ladies of your church. If you have um, ladies in your church that are, need some help in problems, like home, uh, domestic problems, uh, maybe um, with their children. Always have uh, 
materials or something that you can help them uh, and be a blessing to them. And then number seven, uh, be quick to forgive. There's always seemed to be some, some problem in the church, maybe with different ladies or maybe they've done something to you. Always be ready to forgive them. And just as Jesus said, we ought to forgive one another. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven us. We realize that what Jesus has done for us, he has forgiven our sins. We should be really ready and willing to forgive all those who might or uh, have done something against us. And then number eight, I should refrain refrain from listening to gossip or from gossiping myself. I must not let myself be drawn into controversies. You know, there seems to be always some, something in the church sometimes get, like gossip gets started about different things. Don't be a part of that. That is um, not what God would have you to do. So just refrain from being that and don't get... Um, don't get caught up in it. Show love and concern for all the people. Now, there will be people in your church or, uh, that sometimes they're just not as lovable as other people. Uh, but God says we are to love everybody. Uh, for God so loved the world, so, and he forgave us of all of our sins and shortcomings, so we need to show love for people that, that uh, may not be so lovable. And then John thirteen thirty five says, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have loved one for another. And number 10, I should stay close to the Lord and manifest the fruits of, of the Spirit in my daily life. In Galatians five twenty two, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such thing is no law. So in my ministry with the people of the church, then if I have these fruits of the Spirit, then I feel like I can be of help to them in whatever situation or whatever problem they might have, whatever sickness might be in their lives in their homes and things. If I show the fruit, if I have the fruits of the Spirit, I can be a blessing. And um, so every day uh, we need to have that prayer in our heart. Lord, help me to uh, show today to people I meet, uh, the people of my church or the people on the mission field where I'm ministering, uh, show the love, the Spirit, uh, the fruits of the Spirit to these people. And when you do, uh, God is faithful. He will help us to be uh, show all kinds of these good things uh, to the people we minister to. Um, then I've learned that regardless of God, what God asks me to give up, he has something much better to replace whatever we leave for him. In Matthew 19, uh, 27 through 29, there again we won't go and, and read those because of time, but 
most of you know that this is where Peter was asking the Lord. Um, he said, uh, Lord, uh, Jesus, if we forsake all, you said that we're to forsake all and follow you. What is it for us? What is in it for us? And um, so Peter, uh, Jesus' answer to Peter was, if you leave family or friends or your parents, houses and lands, um, you will be re- uh, you will have a hundredfold, fifty or hundredfold. So um, when I look back over my life, and when we uh, we left our job in Indiana to go back to Kentucky to go to Bible school uh, in 1953, um, I think of the blessings that God gave us. Uh, because we had no more and got back to Kentucky to go to school, that he'd already uh, had these two churches to come and ask my husband to be their pastor. So that was a blessing, uh, even though we uh, were so young and and inexperienced in being a pastor and a pastor's wife, uh, even though we had left some things in Indiana, uh, God already had a job for us in, in Kentucky. To be a pastor, and then leaving family and friend and home uh, to go to the country of Japan. And when God called my husband to uh, go to the mission field in nineteen and mm, sixty sixty nineteen and sixty, I think it was. Uh, we he was pastoring in Kentucky, and uh, the Lord was began speaking to his heart about us going to the mission field. And then in 1965, we did go to the country of Japan as missionaries. So when I look back and see that leaving family and friends and America to go to the mission field, uh, God said that he, he, if he took something away, he would give us something better. So he did replace those things in Japan. Uh, for after we were there only a, a couple of years, uh, we had were able to begin a, a Bible school and a and church, and many many people were saved, and uh, so it was. Even though we left some good things, we left family and, and a good church here. That God gave us things in Japan that uh, made up for all of that. Just to see people get saved in in Japan was a, a real blessing and a real um, just almost words cannot describe uh, what God did for us in the country of Japan. And then uh, leaving our home and friends and coming to Lancaster in 2002. Um, I think what we we left the home in Chattanooga and we came here to work in the church here. And God has truly blessed us beyond measure. Everything that I've left for the cause of Christ has been replaced by God with something much greater. Materialistically speaking, we have more than we could ever have expected or dreamed about. We have wonderful people in Japan that love us like a family. We have relationships that will exist for eternity. 
Even today, we have wonderful friends and the opportunity to minister to one of the greatest ministries in the world here at Lancaster Baptist Church and West Coast Baptist College. Regardless of how large things our relationships that we are called to abandon may appear, if we leave them for his name's sake, he will replace them for something much better. So many of you, maybe uh, you have left your home church, you've left your family, you've left your friends, uh, and you're, you have gone to another area in, in America, you've gone to another state, you've gone to, and uh, maybe some have even gone to another country. Uh, uh, just remember that whatever you've given up, or uh, whatever relationship that you left behind, your family and your friends and your home church. God says he will, he will give you a hundredfold for that, not only in this life, but in the life to come. So isn't it wonderful that we can enjoy some of the greatest blessings in our life here on this earth by God giving us, uh, when you go to an area to start a church or to be a, a pastor, uh, God gives you souls saved there. He gives you um, people that you can minister to and love, and those are, are wonderful and great blessings that can come in your ministry. And then I've learned that comment, uh, contentment, joy, and peace are not the results of circumstance. In Philippians 4, 10 through 13, you know, it tells us that we, uh, com- uh, whatsoever state th- uh, that you're in, um, you can have contentment. Uh, it does not uh, mean that it's a, a geographical location sometimes that brings contentment and joy and peace, but it's that knowing that you're in the will of God. Not the results of present uh, companions. Uh, you've moved away from your home church. You've moved to a near, new area, and you have to start all over making friends. Uh, so... You don't get joy and contentment sometimes uh, from that uh, ministry for a, a while. So, but God still does have that peace and contentment that he wants to give you. And not the results of materialistic possessions. That doesn't always come. Uh, but uh, God has promised that he will supply all your needs whatever they might be. I have learned that God's provisions are in God's place at God's time. You remember when Abraham uh, went to the place where God directed him when he was to take Isaac and offer him up as a sacrifice? Uh, If Abraham had not gone to that mountain or that area where God had told him to go, he he would not have been able to... uh, have his son Isaac, he would have, he would have been, he'd had to have slain him there because that ram would not have been called in the thicket. But I, Abraham went to where God had told him to go. And when you and I go to the places that God has directed our husbands to go, if we're willing to follow our husbands and go with him, uh, no matter where that's at, uh, God has promised that he will take care of us and that he will supply all the needs that we have. And there were so many things that we didn't know about when we went to Japan. We 
had never been out of the America when we got on the plane to go to Japan. That was the first time we had ever ridden an airplane, and it was just very fearful and then uh, very scary. And so for the first two years in Japan, uh, it was... It was very hard living there. Uh, we didn't know the language. We had to learn everything. Uh, knew how to read and write and buy food and and do everything that we needed. And uh, so it was very, very scary. But there again, uh, that was the calling that God had put up on our hearts and our lives. And we were trusting him to direct our past because he says in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct our past and uh, so God did supply many of our needs there he gave us uh, a place to go to language school we were able to study at our home Uh, our teacher came to our home and and taught us because Tim was a a small boy and I didn't have any place to leave him and uh, then there was a school there for our daughter to go to, an English-speaking school. And so, and then we had a wonderful place to start a new church. And then we had many, many converts that first year of our ministry. And then God also gave us young helpers for the, for the church. So he did supply all of our needs at that particular time. And we are so thankful and so, uh, was so blessed of God. And then I learned that God's grace is sufficient for every trial. The trial of, and, uh, of leaving, our, like I said, our parents who were getting old and our friends and our home church. And then uh, after being on the mission field for several years, we, were, we sent our daughter back to college at, in Tennessee. And then we, had, we faced many disappointments with... Uh, the ministry, you always have uh, people who get saved, but then gradually they uh, quit coming to church and things happen, so you have disappointments there. And then also on the mission field, uh, facing death. My husband lost both of his parents while we were on the mission field. Uh, his mother passed away, and then later uh, his dad. So uh, these were trying times and they were trials but we know that God says his grace is always sufficient and we found that to be true in our lives and you remember Paul uh, had trials and temptations in his ministry and he prayed much about it and and God uh, supplied Paul's needs and he was always uh, able to go out and and do a great work for the Lord so Sometimes in your ministry, you will have these kind of problems and trials that come. But always remember that God said uh, he would never leave us nor forsake us. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So we found that out to be true in our ministry. And I'm so thankful today that I have that I've learned many things. However, I've not arrived. I still have much to learn. As long as we live, we should continue to learn. When we stop learning, we start dying. So let me encourage you today, ladies, that if you have some problems in your ministry, if you have some heartaches, 
Um, don't give up. Uh, just keep trusting the Lord. Just keep uh, asking God to supply those needs that you have. And um, there's also a verse that says, Don't be weary in well-doing. In due season you will reap if you faint not. So uh, if you've been praying for some people in your church and they haven't gotten saved or they're, they're rebellious in many ways, uh, just keep trusting the Lord. Uh, just keep asking him to give you strength and give you faith to uh, believe that he's going to answer uh, the prayers that are on your heart and the needs of your life. One important thing I've learned in ministry that God loves me no matter what. So today, remember that uh, if you, there are problems and trials and needs, just remember that God said he loves us. And we know he does because he, he died on the cross to save us, didn't he? No matter what and his word has the answer to all your needs in, the, in our lives. So just, just remember that God loves you and that he will supply the needs Thank you for listening to the Ministry 127 podcast. Today we heard from Mrs. Virginia Sisk on lessons I have learned over 50 years of ministry. This podcast was designed to equip spiritual leaders to grow in the Word and develop a biblical philosophy of ministry for today's local church. Be sure to let a friend know about ministry127.com. Also, for Christ-honoring publications, please visit strivingtogether.com for resources that encourage spiritual growth and the local church ministry. Thank you for listening to this Ministry 127 podcast.